understand our vision as a church. What do we stand for? And what do we believe in? If you look at the back to your left, if you're facing me, there is a tendency of the gospel. It is printed in black and white. That is what the Bible says when you have a vision. You write it down and make it plain. It is written down for you to be able to read what we are all about and what do we believe in. What do we believe in? And what, what is your role in fulfilling the vision that God has given us as a church? You know, when, we, when you hear that we want to, to take you from faith to glory, to, to be able to, you know, have people experience the love of Christ and discover the potential God has given them and help them become the best they can be in this land. What, what is your, your um, you know, responsibility or your um, expectation or what you ought to be doing to be part of what we do as a church? We want to have people experience the love of Christ. We want to be relevant in the lives of people and have them improve their well-being. We want to be able to, you know, remain relevant to the communities that we're serving and be able to make an imprint, a difference in people's life, a meaningful difference for that matter. We, we're not just, you know, talking about us just preaching the word of God. It goes beyond that. Helping the needy, feeding those who are hungry, the poor, clothing them, being able to initiate and, 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 and carry out programs that are structured to, you know, uh, um, help our communities in one way or the other. We're not just here to, you know, uh, uh, just talk about, uh, you know, uh, things that are just, you know, uh, uh, in, a, in a vacuum somewhere. You know, we, we, need, we need to have an understanding of what we hear and, uh, and be able to find place within the vision that God has given us for you to participate. There's an opportunity for every one of you to be involved in the work that we're doing. That is a good thing. That we don't limit anyone who desires to participate in doing the work, but there is a manner in which we ought to be doing things. And I'm just, you know, um, I'm giving you a bit of background in what, who we are as, as an organization and what we stand for, and every other document that you think you need to read to be able to understand that um, we are properly constituted a registered structure, and we so much. What do we believe in? We believe in the Word of God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin. We believe that the Word of God has the power to heal on its own. What we don't give is water. We don't, we don't believe that the Word of God needs any, any substance to work. We don't give people oil. We don't give people anything other than the Word of God that you're hearing. It is, it is good enough if you use it. Um, for what is intended. It, it works as is. We want to have, we want to have people understand um, you know, um, their nature and the relationship they have with God in a manner that will help them be able to take advantage of what God has pre-planned or promised concerning their lives without necessarily you know, making any um, creating any impression that um, 
you know, um, doesn't exist or um, um, uh, saying things that are not consistent with the scriptures or with the word of God. We, we always encourage people to study the Bible, to read the scriptures. Because there's nothing that I will say to you that, that is not in the scriptures. I'm not here for my own self or to talk about my own opinions, but what the Word of God says. That's the only thing that I can talk about, what the scriptures say. And it will help you as a person that when you live here, you go and search the scriptures yourself. And if there are things you do not understand, you are able to seek clarity. You are able to pray to God concerning those very things. Instead of you finding yourself being, being um, manipulated or you know, being taken advantage of or you know, looking for some um, um, false prophets that will help you to be able to do the things that you think you are not able to do or that you are not as convinced that those are things that um, you know God has already promised concerning your life. So it helps you to take time to study the scriptures so that you are not misled, you are not being taken advantage of, you are not being fed the wrong information or end up you know looking for hope or seeking hope in a in you know from a man other than focusing on Christ. It is as important that when you hear your loyalty is you know um, on him. You 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 remain as loyal to God and not to a man. You are you are here to serve God and not a man. That is where your focus must be. Focus on Christ. Be able to um, uh, maintain a relationship with Him that will help you to, you know, fulfill the very promises that He has made concerning your life. So it is very important for you to have the right understanding and be able to do the right things and, uh, you know, and continue serving God the way that you would have um, desired to serve God yourself. So, I would like really to encourage you to find um, um, your place, you know, and, 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 and a, a role within the church that you need to fulfill that will help you to serve God rightly or the way that you you want to to serve to serve God. If there's one thing that we are not here for is to ask for people's money. Why are we here to collect anybody's money? I've been here more than five years now. I've not been paid a cent from this church. I don't earn a salary from church. I don't I don't use the money for the church for myself or for my family. Instead I give to church. Many of you don't don't even know how much is the rent in this place. We pay more than fifty thousand rent to be here every every month. We could still pay rent when we were in the lockdown. We had been paying rent from day one when it was just five of us in church. And we still continue paying rent. We do not owe a cent from anybody. It takes a lot of money or resources to be able to do the work that we do. 
Now you ask yourself, if we need a, a, a budget of 1.2 million in a year to sustain this church, where does it come from? The truth is, the money that you give it every month, it doesn't pay even half the rent in most instances. When you look around and see the things that we're doing, it should tell you something about us and our, our intentions, where our heart is. The things that are here cost a lot of money. But when it's time for us to go and buy chairs, we don't ask the church to buy chairs. We go and buy chairs. Then one speaker standing there costs eight to 10,000 rand. Count how many speakers are there. How many instruments are there? They all cost money. So we, we need to be very, very sincere and very genuine to ourselves. I ask you, Zara, if you're still thinking that maybe, maybe those people are just, you know, taking us for a ride, maybe they're not as genuine. There's so many things that we've done here that you will not find anywhere. There's so much that God has been doing, that he continues to do in this church. You need to know those things. But for somebody, when you're asking them to give a, a, a tenant, they're like thinking, you know, but, you know, what do these people do with, them, with this money? We don't do anything with your money other than making sure that you have the things that you need in order for you to do the work that you're supposed to do. There's not a time that I get to I don't even get to see sometimes how much you gave. I pray that you do give. Pray for your giving for that matter. But I don't get to spend as much time looking at who gave and who didn't give. It's not my business. I'm not interested in that. I'm not, I'm not here to know who gave and who didn't give. It's not my place. You're giving to God and not to me. That's why. It's not as important to me whether or not you give, but it is as important to you to give if you know what it means to your son. So understand how, how, you know, how much God wants you to relate and be able to align yourself with what he's doing and uh, be very serious with what you are doing. Did you need, when you're in the house of God, you want to be genuine and, and serve God, rightly so, and, and make it a, a, your personal responsibility that I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what I believe God wants me to be doing and not to wait for anybody to try and convince you otherwise because it doesn't need any convincing. We do the things that we do because we love God. I truly love God. Believe in me. I truly love God. And I only have your best interest in my heart. I have nothing else to gain from anyone. I don't look for, that's why I was saying to you in the last week, I uh, actually read in the scriptures, that you, you need not, you, you don't even make a mistake to try and, uh, and uh, you know, take advantage of the poor among you. So much so that God says, don't borrow to them and want them to pay you interest. If you want to help them, just help them. And that is, that is where your blessing is. Not, not trying to manipulate people to do things and, 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 and you know, with, with the motives to gain from them. That's not what you're here for. That's not what we, that's not what we, what we do. You know, when we, when we say that we genuinely want to help people, we, we want to help people. Because that's what we believe in. And I so much believe that uh, God takes notice of such. And that is why he says that even if you give or borrow to the poor, I'll repay you myself. Don't even worry. Well, if that person that you're giving or helping is going to pay you back. It is just who we are. I'm just, I'm just saying this to you so you, you, you know. You're not going to have to think that uh, we are not genuine uh, about what we do and why we're here. We know precisely why we're here and uh, understand how important for you it is for you also to 
align yourself with our plans and the vision God has given us so that we can be able to do the things that God wants us to, to do. So your involvement matters at any level. Whether you are cleaning the church or you are sweeping the floors or cleaning the chairs or in any way that you possibly can participate. We do have departments, be it, be it that you want to sing in the choir or be an usher or security or, or serve in one or the other. There's always an opportunity for you to be involved. So you need to give yourself time to, to really be involved. Be actively involved in the work that we're doing. Men especially. You know, you, you want to take a stand and, and, and position yourself as such. That as a man in the house, I'll stand to be counted. I need to, I need to be relevant. I need to, I need to, you know, uh, be involved and, and do things that will say that I, you know, I, I, I am indeed the head or I, I have a, a role to play, a responsibility in the house of God. You cannot have a situation where men just, you know, walk in and out and, 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 and not want to participate in doing the work that is being done. I cannot, I cannot think of a situation where, you know, I know we're living in a democracy, but, but it just is not right. Even in your own household, if you're a man and you happen to be depending on your wife for your, for your, you know, uh, living, it, it just is not right. It's not right. A man ought to be the one who's providing. He ought to be the, the provider. He ought to be the, the protector. He ought to be the cultivator. He ought to be the leader. He ought to be the, he ought to be the head. He ought to be the one who's the pastor in the, in the home. And all things could be, be, be difficult, but you, you cannot, you, you, you don't want to get used to a situation where as a man, you're not doing anything but depending on your on your one if you happen to be married, or depending on your girlfriend if you happen to be staying with a girlfriend. If you happen to be in a situation where it's a fat and sad situation, you don't call him your husband, you don't call him your your wife, but you stay together. There is there is there is such situations as well. But there ought to be that understanding that you, you, you have certain responsibilities that you carry as a man, that you cannot just, uh, you know, uh, 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 delegate to somebody or, 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 or listen to, to uh, uh, the next person. So, uh, be involved. Make up your mind that you you will do what is necessary, what is required of you to do, so that um, you are able to fulfill the very purpose that God has called you for. We've spoken a lot about uh, prosperity, renewed hope. Perhaps let me talk to you about the fulfillment of hope. I'll start by reading to you from Colossians chapter number 1, verses 26 to 27. The Bible says the mystery, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the lost people. We are the lost people. We are God's people. It says this mystery that has been kept hidden for ages is now being disclosed to us. One. Because we are his chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people. He wants you to enjoy these very benefits. It is important for you to 
understand. Verse 27 says here, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of prosperity. Christ in you, the hope of peace. This is what I believe will help you to fulfill your hope much quicker in life. That you now have Christ in you. What is he there for? What has he done for you? How convinced are you that he is your only hope? How convinced are you of the things that he said he came to do in your life? Are you, are you seeing this in your life today? Are you able to relate to him at that level? Hope desires for a fulfillment of that for which it ends. Hope, hope desires for a fulfillment of that for which it ends. Every Christian has hopes and desires that are waiting on God to be fulfilled. As a Christian, as a basic, basic, you need to have hope. That is why the Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. But before you even have faith, you need to have hope. You need to be able to hope for something, have such a positive expectation that will help you bring about the substance. But when you are not, when you do not even have such hope, when you're not hoping for anything, your faith will not even produce this. You will not get to see the results of your faith. Because there is nothing you are yearning for. There is nothing that you are hoping for. You have not come to you know, um, create such a, an expectation. What you truly desire in this land. As a Christian, you must have hope desires, dreams, ambitions. They will say, this is my vision, where I'm going. What, what, what you need to do now to help you get to the desired destination. It matters because you will start focusing in the right areas and using your faith in a manner that will bring about tangible results. It is your responsibility to pray concerning those hopes that you may have. It is your responsibility to pray concerning those hopes that you have. Talk to God concerning the very things that you believe in for, you believe in God for. What you are 
looking forward to. God is our hope for the future. But until that future arrives, fervently hope for the fulfillment of the many great and precious promises given through the Word of God. Until it is here, you must continue to fervently hope for the fulfillment of such great and precious promises that are given to you through the Word of God. Because without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible to please God. Neither will we find such fulfillment as ours in our lives. We'll always be, no, we'll always be, you know, um, you know, in a situation where, you know, life seems to be a, a struggle. There seems to always be difficulties. Because there is no hope. There is nothing that one is, is uh, you know, looking forward to, expecting or doing to bring about the realization of that hope. Earnestly yearn for that which you desire. You must enhance your hope with as many scriptures of the promises of God you can find in the Bible. You want to enhance it. You want to go back and look at what the scriptures say. What is it that God has promised concerning your life? Proverbs chapter number 13, verse number 12. The Bible says, Hope defers makes the heart sick. Hope Hope defend makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So you cannot you cannot be procrastinating your hope for too long. You find yourself being sick. Not necessarily because you have some form of sickness or disease, but because you keep deferring your hope and in the process disappointing yourself. You can be sure that you'll be unhappy with the things that are happening around you at that time. You don't want to get used to always procrastinating things in your mind. When you have made such a promise to your son, you want to do everything necessary to see to it that it happens. Don't abandon your prayers. Don't abandon your mission. Don't abandon the promises God has made for you. You will dampen your faith. You will find yourself struggling even to believe. It is, it is not good that you pray to God for something and when it does not happen, or when you think it is not happening, you just ignore that you were praying for it. Or try and convince yourself that maybe it's not something that God wanted for me in the first place. Why would you have not asked Him in the first place if it is something He wants for you because He knows the plans He has for you, the plans of good and not of evil, to give you hope and an expected end? He knows, He knows. So it is as important that you allow him to renew your mind, renew, let there be that renewal of the heart towards your, your hopes, the promises God has made 
concerning your life. You need to you need to allow that process to to happen, so that there can be a renewed hope. It is not that you don't hope for anything before now, but if you are not in a position where you 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 now realize that that the, the, the very things that you have hoped for, there needs to be a renewed hope. But it is not to say you must abandon what God has said or promised concerning your life. You need to do things that will help you, you know, that there will be now a quickening in the spirit, there will be a renewal, there will be, be a revival of some sort or something new that will help you to continue to start to believe again and, and, and stay on course until whatever you desire has now come to fruition. Faith always works in the now. It is not, it is not only for, for, for the future or what you are looking for, what you are looking forward to. That is why in Hebrews 11, the Bible says, now faith is is for now it ought to bring about the results you're looking for now it ought to be working or manifesting in your life in the now renewing of the heart Titus 3 respond but read a few scriptures and that will help you you need you need you need the renewal of the heart you need to renew your mind you need to have a change of mindset. Your, your, your perspective of things and how you, how you, uh, you know, uh, conduct or carry your, your, your zan. You, you ought to have such. There comes a time when you see that there is nothing that seems to be happening or there doesn't seem to be a change. And you just pause and say to yourself, I need, I need to change the way I think. I need to change my attitude towards life. I need to change my attitude towards the word of God. How, how could anyone just ignore the very, the very promises that God has made concerning their life and just carry on as though things are normal when they are not? I cannot imagine anyone who just want to be serving God and be complaining every day when he said already that the thief comes to steal to, to kill and to destroy but I've come so that you may have life in abundance and have it in full be overflowing are you overflowing are you living in abundance? Are you, are you having surplus prosperity? Are you, are you always in a deficit or you know that there is a surplus? How long will anyone wait until they begin to live in abundance? How long? Because it's not, it's not something that will be happening when you are, you know, on the other side. It must be now. Now. These things, you ought to be experiencing them now. I so much believe that this is something which, if you believe in your heart, and you're able to take Take it into your heart and internalize and personalize in your situation. A lot will be different. Sometimes that is just what you need. A change of heart. A change of attitude. A change of thinking, a mindset. Not, not, not being too complacent with yourself. Don't just always accept the status quo things as they are or it is God's will you know 
Not every one of us is supposed to be prospering or as, as wealthy. Who said that? You, you just lied to yourself. That is a lie from the devil. You want to try and convince yourself. Bible says that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich for your sake, he became poor. For your sake. Not for his sake. For your sake, he became poor. So that you yourself may be rich. Now, in this land. So you need to, you need to always, when you are, you know, in such a dire situation, or such a predicament, be very quick to remind yourself of the promises of God concerning your life, so you can get yourself out of the quagmire that you're in. It's not acceptable. It's not good enough to just say that uh, I I I am I'm a believer. I know I know I know the scripture. Not the scriptures alone is not good enough. What are they doing for you? How much has your life changed? What is different with you today that you were not yesterday? How much have things improved? Because this world God that you have ought to be a building material for your land. The quality of your personality ought to be different to what it was then. There must be a visible change. There must be something that is different. Not just, not just, you know, um, the level of your prayers or saying that now I speak, uh, I speak in tongues. What is your speaking in tongues done for you? It's good. It edifies you. But after edifying you, what next? What next? What have these prayers brought about in your life? After all the praying you've done, after all the crying you've done, and all the sacrifices, all the fasting that you've done, what next? How much has your life changed? How much has your life changed? What has, what has he done that you can be sure, that you certain, that had it not been that I'm in Christ, I wouldn't have come to experience. Titus 3, verse number 5, the Bible says he saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Where there is such a transformation, there is a complete change of states. There must be a visible change a visible, um, 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 you know, a difference, a change that you can see outwardly. That is what, that is why, it didn't just say here, you know, you must be changed. It's good to change. But be transformed. Let there be such a transformation. Let there be such a renewal 
of your man. You renew your man by studying the word of God. Allowing it to transform you from the inside out. Do away with thoughts that are contrary to what the scriptures say. Allow it to change your thinking. Let it change your perception, your mindset. So that life does not become a struggle for you. Then he says in the second part on the same, same scripture, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Because when you renew your mind, you're able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good, pleasing, and perfect will. You can prove Prove it. Test. It is. It is. It is. It is very. You know. It is very interesting that he uses both ways. You know, just on the same line. He says you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Lamentations five, verse twenty-one. He says, Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old. What was it like then? What is it today? There was a, there was, there's a, there's a, there's even a, a, a an understanding to say, this is what you have once done for us and we now want we want now to get to get that that experience again we want we want to have you know the same um, um you know yearning and, and 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 getting to 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 know to know you better or, or experience your promises in our lives so that you you constantly and continually being renewed. It's important. It will help you. It will help you because there will be there will be a yearning and 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 you hoping and always looking forward to something better and something good from God that will help you to keep you know to sustain your faith and continue believing and trusting God for everything that is to do with your life. Psalm fifty one. Bible says. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me, and do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Then in verse 12 he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. It is very important that you sustain your faith. Through your hopes, you can be able to sustain your faith, be able to sustain your life. Continue trusting God. When that restoration has taken place, you can be sure that there will be a willingness, you know, a willing heart, a willing mind. You're able to do things that will sustain your life. It is equally important that you learn to forgive in order for your hopes to be fulfilled in this land. Matthew 6.14 says, If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. It is very important that you are able to forgive those who may have wronged you in order for you to be able to fulfill 
your hopes and your desires. Psalm 30 verse number 5 says he, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. His anger, the Bible says, it lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Doesn't matter how you ended your day, the previous day. Come the next day, it is a brand new day. There is hope. There is something better in it for you. You are now excited about what God has promised for you for this day. And look forward to it with that positive expectation. And always be very, be very, you know, just just create that uh, atmosphere that you you have this you know positive you know attitude yourself. Don't just wake up and start being negative out of nowhere in a day. There are people just who just wake up and suddenly they are they are already angry or unhappy. The very first thing they are saying is that they are not going to have a great day or they are not going to enjoy that day. And of course it may not be a day that you would have wanted to, to have yourself. Why? Because that is what you said. Yourself. You, 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 you did not um, even give yourself time to pray for you to have such a great day. Let alone just to create a positive expectation. I know things didn't go well the previous day. I know I went to bed hungry the previous day. I was so much in pain. My heart was aching. But this is a new day. There's a new hope. There's something new God wants to do in my life. And started from there. That always carrying the, 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 the things that, you know, happened, you know, uh, before now into the future. It will not help you. It will not help you. The Bible says in Psalm 126, verse number 5, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Are you sowing any seeds in your life? The Bible says that those who sow with tears, they will reap with songs of joy. Might be painful now. You may feel you are not, you know, um, in a good space and, 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 and you're in tears and you're crying and you're thinking that, you know, there's so much that you, you know, um, you're having to, uh, you know, part with. And that's, that's what you ought, ought to do sometimes, you know, that there's a, there's a pain, there's something that's, that's it, that pinches you, that says that you, you've, you've, you've let go of something of value. And you know how important it is to do so yourself. Crying. And in the end, you reap with songs of joy. And he says, those who go out weeping and carry seed to sow, they will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. It is, it is as important to learn to sow the right seeds and make Make, make up your mind that you're going to sow the right seeds towards your land, your own uh, finances, towards your own family, your children, your business, everything that is to do with your son. There needs to be such a renewal. If that's perhaps is not, um, um, you know, something that you, you, you think you need. Look at what he says in Ezekiel. Perhaps this will help you allow the transformation to take place in your heart. 
to them. In Ezekiel 36, verse 26, he says here, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Then he says, I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you'll keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I'll be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness and I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of your trees and increase of your fields so that you need never bear again the reproach of famine among the nations. That is what God is saying to you today. So you need to see it as such. You need to relate to him at that level and begin to do what is necessary for you not to find yourself living in lack when there is so much provision that he has already made. He says, I will call for the grain and multiply it. That law of multiplication it is seen working in your life today. That is what you need for it. Look forward to it. When you are here and you need to go to the other side, allow, allow God to be the one who 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 takes who takes you to the other how you get to the other side is not an issue. You don't have to when there is now trials and, 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 and storms be 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 losing your faith and be thinking that now is the end of me. No. He wouldn't have said that when you go through the waters I'll be with you. And through the rivers, he says, they will not overflow you. He says that when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Not even smell as though you've been through the fire. Allow him to take you to the other side. The thing is, you're standing here, you're looking at the storms and the rough seas, and you say, Lord, I'm not going to get to the other side. How is it going to happen? And before you know, you choose to stay here. When he says, let me take you to the other side. Let me, let me help you move from this, this state that you're in. I mean, allow him to help you. Allow, allow God to help you. I mean, let me read you lastly from the book of Luke, chapter number 8, verse 22 to 25. Verses 22 to 25. The Bible says, now, it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. Jesus Christ got into a boat with his disciples. That's a good thing about him. And he always is with you. <laughs> You're not just going to say, no, that, that's, uh, that's where you must, you must go. No, he says, I'm with you always. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't just want to, uh, you know, um, um, say to you, there's a way you must, you must go and you have, to, you have to do it by yourself. No. It says here that on this particular day, he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But 
as they sailed, he fell asleep, and the windstorm came, came down on the lake, and they were willing, they were filling with water. The boat began to take so much water, and they were in jeopardy. They were in real danger. Where you are now, what is your state? If you now feeling as though you're taking too much water and you're about to sink, you are in such great danger. You're thinking that this is the end of me because this is this is what they they were thinking even at the time. They came to him. They came to him. He was in the same boat. Bible says they came to him and they awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. You can, you can imagine how, how scared they were, how terrified they were. But they could still wake him up and say, we are about to die. We sinking. We we, we, we perishing. Then the Bible says he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was calm. Perhaps that is what you need to learn to do in such stormy weather in your land where you feel this you are going through such trying times and, and you are about to, you know, to sink. Says he, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. Let there be such calmness in your spirit. It doesn't matter the storm you might be in now. Even if you are in the eye of the storm, God is still in control. There will be calmness in the end. But he said to them, where is your faith? Now that's interesting. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? In the situation you're in today, you are, where is your faith? And if at all it is diminished and it's not there, and you just remind yourself of this very hope that you once had and you want fulfilled, and just continue trusting, believing in Him, that is what will make a difference. You call on Him in that very hour. There will be calmness. There has to be. There will be. You need to just believe and trust Him. The scripture says in Isaiah 59 19, when the enemy shall come in, he says, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard in you against Him when the enemy shall come in. He says, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard in you against him, that you now are able to, um, um, you know, uh, come out of that particular situation more victorious, triumphantly so, and continue believing in God. That is what will help you even in this life. That you may be thinking that now the enemy is having an upper hand, but it is not what it is. The Bible says that he will lift up the standard in you against the enemy so that you prevail in the situation that you may find yourself in. He says that when the enemy shall come one way, they shall flee in seven different directions. You shall not be defeated. 
you will not find yourself being, being the one who is a victim when you're supposed to be the victim. When you're supposed to rise above the challenges that you may be going through today. You must believe deeply that the fulfillment of your hopes and dreams are the will of God. Continue to believe that the fulfillment of your hopes and dreams are the will of God. They are precisely His purpose. Your hope must not be found in earth-bound places of prominence or any other temporal provision but in that which God has promised. It must not be found in a palace or on earthly throne, but on Jesus Christ, who is the rock of your salvation. You must learn to rejoice in the goodness of the Almighty, knowing that you must soak yourself in that absolute peace and joy. Let there be such peace in your life. Bible says that the word of righteousness is peace. The effect of our righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Let there be such quietness and assurance in your land. May your countenance glow in the morning light. May you continue experiencing God at a different level. May your soul be saturated with the peace of God. And contentment flood your being. May the Lord help you to bear under the shadow of the Almighty in the secret place of the Most High God. In the eye of the storm, he remains in control, and there will be such calmness after every storm that you may be through. Even though there is a war raging in your thoughts, he shall guard your soul. When your hopes and dreams are far from you and are running out of faith, you need to see the future that God has created for you. When you are in pain and your heart is aching, May you find peace in Jesus Christ and may he surround you with his love. Always have such underlying faith for yourself, for your children and your children's children that they may grow in Christ and keep their hope alive. Your children will grow to be noteworthy men who are blameless in the sight of God. They will be righteous and just and will make a difference in their generation. When your heart is in turmoil, he will quieten you and he will give you a renewed hope. When your heart is in turmoil, he says he will quieten you and give you such a renewed hope. And may God alone continue being your anchor, the protector of your soul and the source of your encouragement. And may his love surround you and contagiously fill the hearts of those around you. May the renewed hope help you move closer to realizing your dream every single day. Let that renewed hope help you to move closer to realizing your dreams every single day. It doesn't matter what you may have been through. It doesn't matter the challenges. It doesn't matter the difficulties. Let there be such a renewed hope in your spirit. Let there be such a renewed hope in your family. Let there be such a renewed hope in your relationship and in your marriage. Let there be such a renewed hope and trust in God in your situation today. When you feel that all hope is lost and no one seems to believe in you, trust in Him and Him alone. When everybody else seems to be saying things that are contrary, negative, and against everything that you stood for, that you believed and hoped for from God, that is when God will show up in your situation. When there seems to be no hope, let it be that you believe in hope. As the Bible says about Abraham, that against hope, he believed in hope. Even where there may have seems to be no hope, nothing is impossible unto him. Nothing is too difficult for God to do in your life. What is it that you are facing today? That you are thinking that God may not be able to do in your personal life today? You need just have the right mindset and the right attitude towards God. Continue trusting God and believing in God and keep your hope alive. Continue praying the prayers that you have prayed that have brought you to where you are today so that you continue enjoying the promises that God has for you. Every single one of them. 
every single blessing that God has made concerning your life. There is now that sense of agency in the spirit that you get to experience God in a much greater measure this day. Look forward to hearing something new from God. Have such a positive expectation from God. Be able to create such an enabling environment around yourself with the word of God that you have received and continue believing and trusting God for everything that is to do with your life. God will shake, will, will, will move in a, in a special way in, in your situation today. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the way that we have received. Thank you for the revelation and the inspiration that has come to us by your Spirit. Thank you for the hope that you have given us in Christ Jesus. The promises that you have made concerning your children. I commend them, Father God, to you and the word of grace which is able to build them up and give them an inheritance, Father God, that you have prepared and prepared for them. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.